Welcome to the 22nd episode in our podcast series about positive intelligence. Now, as you'll remember, in episode 21, certified positive intelligence coach Kathleen Fanning and I discussed the fifth of the five sage powers, the power of activate. And now we're going to shift gears. We're going to move into practical applications of positive intelligence coaching. We're going to focus specifically on each coach's niche. And we'll be covering a lot of different niches down the road. And as you remember, the ultimate goal of positive intelligence is to regulate the imbalance between the left and the right brain, simply put, or to turn the volume of the voices from the left, the saboteurs, turn that volume down so you can hear and perhaps turn up the volume of the sages and your wiser self coming from the right brain. Now, today we have an outstanding guest who puts positive intelligence to work, certified positive intelligence coach, Lee Bush. Now, Lee is the senior coach at iDiet, where he designs programs and runs many of the live classes. So welcome, Lee, to Podcast PQ. Hey, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure, Lee. And to start us off, and we've got a lot to talk about today, tell us a little bit about iDiet and about yourself. Okay. So um, iDiet is, uh, it stands for instinct diet because it's based on the neurobiology of how we experience hunger and how we deal with food. It, it's entirely based on the science of how the brain and the body work. And it was created by Dr. Susan Roberts, who's at Tufts University running a large lab there. And uh, she never wanted to be a famous diet doctor. She was doing her basic research. And her subjects told her, I'm losing so much weight in your research studies, you have to write a book. So she's like, okay, all right, fine, I'll write the book. And then it, things just went on from there. But she was not trying to do a fad thing. She was trying to apply the science and her research to a real problem because she's about solving problems. And, and we can talk more about exactly how it works as we go, but that's, that's the basics of it. And I got involved with her as a creative director. I was helping them with branding and marketing because my original, that was my original career as a creative director. And I, then I got into coaching. And I think sort of the headline to my history is um, changing from, look what I can do for you. Look at the great stuff I can do for you to look at how great your life can become. When you do it for yourself. Exactly. So, so I'm sort of shifting communication to you know communicating these principles to others and helping others. And it's become, you know, opening up and becoming much more rewarding. Fantastic. You know, uh, now this is a, uh, no pun intended, a weighty problem that we're dealing with, because I think we were talking earlier about the vast number of people in this country who are close to be, if not already, morbidly obese. Tell us a little bit about the, the weight problem in the United States. It's a huge problem. Um, you know, we've, we're normalizing it. And to the extent that we um, are being kind to people and helping with mental health and, um, you know, not judging, we, know, we all know about the judge and being judgmental. But just in terms of health and trends and costs, the majority of American adults are overweight, at least. Uh, the statistics keep getting worse. Um, I pulled up some numbers before we spoke because I got curious about 
the effects. And once you hit age 50, from age 50 to 64, that cohort of people, the average is 13 prescriptions per year. And then it goes up when you're 80, 22 prescriptions per year. Oh my gosh. And the thing is that most of the, um, most of the long-term, the, the conditions that we live with, like um, heart disease, blood pressure problems, uh, type two diabetes, um, all the cardiopulmonary things, um, stroke is one of the major killers and, and disease uh, when you look at the statistics, which is again, it's cardiovascular, right? They're all either weight related or weight mediated or can be delayed or prevented by maintaining a healthy weight. So, so many of these things are helped by maintaining a healthy weight and they're hurt by um, increasing weight. It, you know, it's so, you know, the more weight you carry, the more inflammatory conditions you have because it's, it's an inflammatory process. You know, is anybody listening knows uh, it'll affect your joints, it'll affect your whole skeletal system. There's so many effects that we've sort of gotten used to and normalized. Um, when you go clothes shopping, you see the sizes on the racks and that sort of thing. Um, but we, we, can, we can get used to it, but we can't deny that it has impacts. And you know, Dr. Roberts and I care very much about these impacts and we want to alleviate suffering. Well, you certainly got a challenge in front of you and it's certainly a huge population to deal with. Now, Lee, the, the iDiet programs that I've uh, looked into seem to be a lot like positive intelligence, you know, retraining the brain. And tell us a little bit about that. Isn't it interesting? Um, it, and it goes beyond that too. It's like both Dr. Roberts and Shirzad Shamin, they took really complex systems and radically simplified them down to their foundational elements in ways that you could apply very simply and beautifully. Um, it's kind of, it's, everybody wants an easy button, right? And, you know, the problem with easy buttons and diet is people will tell you, the, they'll sell you the one weird trick to do to lose weight. Yeah. There is no one weird trick to lose weight. There is no one weird, weird, weird trick to a lot of these things, but that's what people want, right? But so if you can find ways to understand all the science and turn them into simplified systems that you can do, that people can do, they don't have to understand all the science. They just have to do the things. They just have to follow the advice. And when the things that you're doing also help to control hunger and control cravings and change your habits and help you like healthy food more, then it gets super easy and it, it's really wonderful. So that, there's that level, because you've probably spoken before at length about um, the factor analysis that was done in positive intelligence to take all these different disciplines and reduce them down to, to the basics. Um, Dr. Roberts and her team did the same thing. We'll, we'll be talking about the five food instincts. They surveyed all the research and found the basic food drives, the basic food instincts that drive all of our food behavior, and then found ways to control the controls. Interesting. You know, like I, all things brilliant seems to be uh, focused on taking something complex and making it simple and easy to understand. And as you said, Shirzai did a beautiful job of that with positive intelligence. He's taken something very complex and made it simple. And it sounds like iDiet does the same thing. Well, now what's, what's the main principle of the iDiet program? Right. So, you know, I mentioned um, neurobiology, right? I love neurobiology and brain structure and I use 
the structure of the brain to explain how things work with people all the time. How that relates to eye diet is um, we follow the science rather than willpower and suffering. So we look at um, what fills you up and the calories behind things and the um, just the nutritional breakdown of things. And we come up with meals that are higher in fiber. They're not like crazy high in fiber, but they have the amount of fiber that we evolved to eat, not these incredibly low fiber diets that most people are eating now or moderately high in protein because protein helps keep you satiated. It digests slower and it allows for more stable blood sugar. So the return of hunger is slowed down and we're not talking keto, you know, we're not talking bacon and steak and that sort of thing. It's just, you know, a little more and lots of vegetables, a moderate amount of fruit, um, not a lot of processed sugar, uh, not a lot of white flour. You can still have bread and things like that. We just help you find things that are made with more fiber. So that's, uh, you know, it's bread with a lot of fiber in it. It's cereal and desserts with a lot of fiber in them. Fiber, like if you, if I had to say the one thing, it would be a, um, an incredible focus on fiber content. No because it has so many beneficial effects in the body. We were designed to process a lot of fiber and we're not eating that. So it, it, that relates to our gut health, our overall health, our blood sugar, um, colorectal cancer, which is another one of those big ones. Yeah. Um, fiber helps with that. Fiber helps with cholesterol. Fiber helps to shepherd cholesterol out of your body. Just the way your digestive system is designed to move cholesterol out of your body relies on fiber to do that job. If you're not getting enough fiber, your cholesterol will go up because you'll reabsorb it. Well, well, Lee, your your literature, and you made a reference to them just a minute ago, uh, describes five food instincts that drive people's relationships with food and cause them to pack on the pounds. Tell us about these instincts and how the eye eye diet process helps someone work with those instincts. Yes, this is foundational to the work. And it really helps, you know, um, if you just listen to this podcast, anyone who is concerned about weight management, listening to this podcast, it's going to get a lot of free advice. You can just apply to your life right now. And this is, this is some of it. So Dr. Roberts and her team did a massive survey of all the literature. You know, by the way, she's one of the most prolific writers of research papers, over 260 to her name. She's in the top 0.01% of scientists quoted by other scientists in all this research, but she always goes back to the research and makes sure that everything is exactly, you know, correct per per everyone's um, investigations. And she did her own factor analysis and found that there are five. And what's cool about this is it removes all the guilt from people who are trying to manage their weight, lose weight, change their eating because it turns out that all these things exist in your brain below conscious control. So willpower solve this. Designing your kitchen better, planning your food better, understanding the nutrition, um, arranging your environment so that you can make the right choices, that will help. So the five are um, starting with hunger. If you're hungry, you're gonna make bad choices. If bad choices are available to you, that's all that's available first and you're hungry, of course, that's what you're gonna eat. You know, there's no guilt about that. We have to manage hunger first or the other four don't matter. 
So that's one of the first things we control. Hunger, okay. Hunger. The second one is availability. So we are designed to eat all the food that's available to us. Clean your plate. <laughs> exactly. Or look at your pets, right? Yeah. If you offer them more, will they take more? Sure. Absolutely. They're designed to because we're designed to exist in an environment of starvation, of less. And the problem is we have succeeded so tremendously as humans to eradicate all the wants that now we exist in a world of more but we're designed to live in a world of less. So we are designed to kill ourselves in a world of more. Good way to put it. Good way. To and so that's availability. If the food is available, you're going to want to eat it just as any animal does. It's part of your brain structure. It's very hard to willpower around. Um, the third one is calorie density. In the same way, um, we are designed to prefer foods that are most calorie dense because they're the hardest to obtain and the most likely to help us survive in the wild, because we're designed to survive in the wild, not in the whole foods. Um, so we will go for the, the fatty things, the sugary things, the things that have the most caloric punch, because we don't know when we're getting our next meal. Our brainstem doesn't know when we're getting our next, we know when we're getting our next meal, right? We're getting our next meal in a couple hours. But <laughs> or our a brain, snack even sooner. <laughs> Right. It's all like there's food on my desk right now. Right. But um, our, our evolved systems don't know that. So they're going to go for whatever's going to help them survive the next famine, which is never okay. going to come for people. I mean, I should, I'm sorry. I should say for people listening to this podcast, most likely the next famine is never going to come. There are people in this world suffering. Like if I was an alien coming to earth for the first time, I would think these, these humans are insane. You know, there's a huge chunk of the population that has way too much food. There's a huge chunk of the population that has access to hardly any. And it's, it's, it's terrible, right? But to, to those who do have access, of course, you're going to avail yourself of that access, right? So that's the first three. Hunger, I'm just reviewing for people listening in audio. Hunger, availability, calorie density. The fourth one is familiarity. And again, this goes back to evolution, because if it didn't kill me before, I'll choose it again. If I've never eaten it before, I may be a little worried about trying it, right? But the berries on the bush that didn't kill me last time, I'm going to go back and get more of those berries. So foods that we are most familiar with are the ones we're most going to gravitate to, which is an amazing thing because we can leverage that to change our preferences, familiarity and repetition. As well as the emotions we attach to repeating things you know, from, from birth on up, right? And then the last one is variety. With every species of living creature on the planet, from flatworms on up, if you offer them a greater variety of nutrient sources, they will take more food. And it's just designed into us because we know that if there are more colors, then there are more nutrients. You know, if they're more shapes and sizes, then they're more nutrients. We're designed to get the right amount of nutrients. And now we trick ourselves because a lot of the foods in the store are all made from the same five basic things, you know, like wheat and soy and sugar, and, but they all look different. So we go for variety in the appearance and the flavor, even though the appearance and the flavor are manufactured. Right? Oh my. Even, you know, there's a study, there's a famous study where they gave, research subjects, different shapes and colors of 
of pasta. No, they were all the same color. The pasta was all the same color. It was just different shapes. And the people who were offered to choose from serving platters of different shapes of pasta ate 30% more. The same brand, the same flavor, the same color, just different shapes. Oh my God. That's how, that's how deep this goes. Oh my God. So those five food instincts again are hunger, availability, calorie density, familiarity and variety. Now, hey, before we jump into the connection between uh, uh, the iDiet principles and programs and positive intelligence, there's some burning questions that, uh, and they're simple questions, but they're, I think there's, put them right out of the platter right, right now, because there are people that wonder when I hear about a new diet program, what it's gonna do. Like for example, okay, Lee, how much weight can I expect to lose on the iDiet? This is a, such a rich question because it's what you ask of going on any diet or even if you're going to put yourself on a diet because a lot of people will attempt diets on their own. You know, you'll buy a book, you'll read an article in a magazine or you'll just decide to stop eating or eat less or whatever. Um, and a lot of diets promise rapid results. Rapid results are actually kind of bad for you because your body um, reacts badly to being starved. We're designed to survive starvation. And so the more you restrict, the more trouble you get into. So the, the science behind this is the maximum amount of healthy weight loss you can experience. Take your weight now, take 1% of it. That's how much you can lose in a week. So a 200 pound person at the maximum healthy rate could lose two pounds a week. Good formula. I'll keep that in mind. So here's another question that's right out there that people ask about, or will probably ask, like, can I expect to get rid of my food cravings on this diet? Yes. So our initial program is 12 weeks. And as you know, um, not every habit can be changed in one to 12 weeks. But um, yes, that is one thing that we apply all the science to through repeating, you know, we stop repeating the foods that you used to crave and we start repeating the healthy foods at the right times in the right ways so that we start to retrain your brain to prefer healthy foods. And over time, this was one of the reasons why Dr. Roberts ended up writing the book. People were telling her, why am I craving carrot sticks? Why am I craving high fiber cereal? This is like, this is not me. Who am I becoming? And it was because they were presented in the right way at the right time, at the right intervals, in the right quantity, you know, repetitively. And familiarity is one of the five food instincts. Right? So all those five food instincts are not things we need to worry about. They're things we can leverage for our success. So repetition creates familiarity, cr creates comfort, creates craving. So the longer you stay at it, the better results you'll have in terms of changing your food cravings. Now, of course, some go very deep because it's not just exposure to the flavor, right? It's if the food has sugar and fat and salt in it, it's going to drive itself very deep into your brain because those things produce happy neurochemicals that reinforce learning. And carrot sticks and things like that don't have that caloric payload to help train your brain with uh, producing extra dopamine. But with extra repetition, you can absolutely change your cravings. Interesting. And this is what people tell me. They literally change their identity of, of what, they, what they think they prefer and how they think about themselves because they've changed so many behaviors. 
But Lee, you know, when I think about diets and programs, I have this one question is, you know, will I feel hungry while I'm on this diet? Well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> because it turns out that iDiet is the only diet ever studied in real clinical settings to show that people who are reducing calories and losing weight feel less hungry than they did when they were eating more calories and gaining weight. And that's entirely due to the formulation of the meals. Everything I described before, the fiber, the protein, um, uh, ingredients to keep your blood sugar stable. So we slow the return of hunger. We help you feel full longer and people can eat less and feel more full because a lot of the stuff we're eating out in the culture scape is designed to digest quickly, spike our blood sugar, create a rapid return of hunger. Just eliminating that alone is, is a huge win, but we can go further than that. Well, you know, uh, here's one thing that bothers me too, because I suppose a lot of people have tried diets before. And, you know, the question comes to, to mind, why will I succeed on I diet when I failed on so many other diet programs? Yeah. And that can stop a lot of people from even starting. Yeah. Right? Self-doubt. That is a saboteur thought. And it's not, you know, it's not stupid to think because it's learn, it's learning, right? If I keep failing, why should I continue to try? Um, but here's, here's the good news. Um, there was a uh, large research study begun over 20 years ago called the National Weight Control Registry. I'm actually helping um, another study that recently started called the International Weight Control Registry that um, some people I'm involved with are foundational in. And we're looking to recruit a lot of people interested in losing weight into that study. You can just Google International Weight Control Study to um, see if you qualify to uh, you just fill out surveys in order to participate. It's, oh. And it could be very helpful. But going back to your question, the National Weight Control Registry, I'm sorry, it's the, it's the International Weight Control Registry is the new one. The old one is the National Weight Control Registry. A lot of research papers were written based on the data that came out of that study, a lot. Mm -hmm. One of the things that they found was that the people who are able to succeed and keep the weight off did so after failing at five major attempts or more. So even the people who succeeded were failing. But the way I see it is every time they failed, they learned something. They got a little closer. It's like this game of colder, warmer. Yeah. They learned a little bit more about what foods work for them and what approaches work for them. And all right, I tried the cabbage soup diet and that failed, but what about this one? No, you learn and, from failure. That's, you know, that's a great teacher. Absolutely. And um, we will work very hard to help ensure that you don't fail, but failure is how you learn. Yeah. So if you give up after a failure, well, you know, like you never would, you never, you would never be able to walk. You'd never be riding a bicycle if you <laughs> gave up after failure. Well now, okay. So I decide to go into the iDiet program. What are, what are some of the principles that uh, I might need in order to keep myself from, you know, hunger free while losing weight? What are some of the things you teach? You know, so you were also asking me about the, how these things come together, right? The, yeah. Uh, yeah. I diet principle and positive intelligence. Yeah. We'll so get into there and we'll get, we'll get deep into that in a minute or two, but uh, go ahead. 
Yeah. So this is a great place to combine all of those. Yeah. So um, the reason that we brought in positive intelligence to the program is it provided the third leg to the stool. So the first two legs that, that iDiet has always been doing is um, focusing on nutrition and nutrients and hunger control and everything that goes into your mouth to make sure that it helps its low calorie, high satiety, controlling all the signals in your body that, that tell you when you're hungry and how much you want to eat and help, you know, all, all of the food part. That's the first, the first leg of the stool. The second is behavior. So a lot of focus on building new habits and planning your food and knowing what you're going to do in advance and having everything, you know, going shopping and pre preparing everything and cleaning out your kitchen, sanitizing your environment so that all the good choices are available to you. Lots of other behaviors too, like how to eat out effectively, you know, while you're still dieting. And about a third of the people who took the program, they just needed to know what to eat, how to eat, what to do, and they were fine. There was another third, though, that um, kept coming back and wanting more because it's not just knowing what to do, right? It's also um, being able to do it. So if emotions are also a big part of the issue or what's blocking you, then that's where positive intelligence can really help because it helps so much with regulating emotions, feeling better about yourself, making better choices, being mindful. Um, when we added that, um, like an example would be, if you look at studies, there are so many studies about diets, the major brands do studies on themselves, um, research scientists do studies with different types of, of, of weight control diets. There are always dropouts in studies. A certain percentage of the cohort drops out for whatever reason. Some of them just find it too onerous to do. And um, especially with commercial programs, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get in trouble, but um, they exclude the results of the people who dropped out when they look at the results of the succeeders. That's fairly typical. So when you're looking at the success rates of like how much weight did people lose? That's the, those are the weights lost of the people who stayed in the study. If you were to average in as zero values, the people who left the study, the results would look a lot worse. And those dropouts can exceed 50% with a lot of, with a lot of especially with commercial programs. Um, with a well-designed academic study, you know, it might be more like 30, 20%. When iDiet does studies, the dropout rate was about 10%. Um, and that's what I saw in our commercial groups as well, five, 10% people dropping out. When we added positive intelligence to the groups, 0% dropout. Interesting. And now that, uh, regarding that, when you put positive intelligence in this, I read somewhere, or at least maybe you told me, that the, the program has, you know, with positive intelligence has vastly improved. Yes, the weight loss results that individuals in the program see are 50 to 100% better. So like, you know, up to double what they achieved before we added positive intelligence. So you got okay. a good partner in PQ, that's what you're saying. Absolutely. It's so much easier to do when you're happy and unperturbed and not eating to manage your emotions. You know, if you know how to manage your thoughts and feelings and, and that inner dialogue, 
and you don't need food to quiet the voices or distract yourself. I mean, it's, it's fine to do that occasionally, but you know, if it's taking you completely off, then you know, your, your results will be less. So even with people who stayed in the plan, but occasionally succumbed to their saboteur thoughts and behaviors, if that's happening less, you're gonna have better results. And that's what we were seeing. Mm -hmm. Now you, you just started to mention uh, voices and so forth when your people are tempted to eat things. It sounds like they're saboteurs at work with people who have weight problems. And this is one of the reasons probably that positive intelligence works so well with your program. So what are some of the saboteurs that you run into? Are there any new ones or anything like that? You know, um, people talk a lot about craving, cravers yeah. and their cravings. Um, I actually did a, I did a special lecture once for, for eye dieters about the nine positive intelligence saboteurs and how it relates to eating behavior. And they are all equally complicit in, in food related, you know, they're all there. They all have their reasons because food is like the universal solvent for solving problems. Like what's the first thing we learn to do when we're born after breathing? Mm. Exactly. You know, and what do parents do if the child is crying or needs to be distracted? Like you distract your kid with food too, or maybe they're hungry, right? So food is the first solution to most problems. And that's where our subconscious often will try to navigate. So, um, you know, if we, if we speak again, like we could have a lot of fun doing a deep dive into the nine positive intelligence saboteurs. Let's plan on doing that down in early in the year sometime. Okay. That would, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But, you know, just to be fair, like some people just need to learn how to eat how to make better choices. You know, not everyone is, is um, not everyone who wants to lose weight, I should say, is having an emotional problem or struggling mentally, right? Some people just don't know or they don't have access, right? There are huge food deserts in America. There are places where you can only really get unhealth, unhealthful stuff. I just completed a 3000 mile drive across the country. It's the third time I've done that. And it's fascinating from sort of just a, sociological perspective, seeing what people have access to in different parts of the country, what's in the big box stores. I know exactly what to buy, and I am challenged in a lot of the big box stores in certain places in America, finding things that I can eat. I pack food in my car just in case. You know, and then, you know, luckily, you can go to most places and get like bags of baby carrots and apples and things like that, but then I And bring you can get all the potato chips you want. Yeah, there are whole categories. Yeah, um, they're big. You know, talk about food. Like to me, when I go to a grocery store, it's full of food deserts in the grocery store because I don't go down the snack aisle. I don't go down the soda aisle. Right. I'll, I'll occasionally have diet soda, but you know. So there are lots of foods that I'm just blind to that I've become blind to because they're just not my food. Yeah. But it's it's normal for a lot of people. You know, you mentioned sugar earlier. Uh, one of the interesting thing I learned not too long ago, but you look on, on cans of any kind of a product where they lay out the uh, percentage of the normal diet and so forth that's, uh, that's in each particular uh, can or whatever it is. The only one where no, nothing is put in at all is sugar. And like the USRDA? Yeah, yeah. It, it, sugar, you don't know what you're getting in sugar. You know, so positive intelligence and the eye diet are very similar. Uh, it's in terms of doing 
cognitive restructuring, you know, of actually either building new neural pathways or energizing ones that have never been used, developing yes. new habits. That's what you're saying. Yes. And I'm told, uh, uh, Lee, that uh, you've, you've seen evidence of MRI scans of people who are on the iDiet program that can actually show changes in brain activity. Tell us a little bit about that. That's a fascinating study. So um, early on in the development of this program, before it was even a book, um, Dr. Roberts' research subjects came to her and said, like I mentioned, why am I craving bran cereal? What's, what's going on here? And she's like, well, like a good scientist would, she said, I don't know, let's find out, let's design a study. So Tufts University got together with Mass General because they had the fMRI scanners. It's a functional magnetic resonance image, imagery scanner, which can, it doesn't just take slices of your brain, it can see your brain in action. Um, it, it's, it's safe, but it, it, it watches your brain in action. So you get a live picture. Right? And they took people who were going to be in her research program and measured their responses to 40 different foods. If you flash pictures of those foods in front of their eyes while they were in the scanner. And then after six months, after they'd been on the program for six months, they went through the scanner again and were shown the same 40 different foods. And what they found was really significant changes in preference and craving signaling, because there are parts of the brain that we know are related to craving and hunger. And the activation in those different parts of the brain had flipped. So they saw, mm -hmm. they saw healthy brand cereal and, they, and their craving center went up. They saw fried chicken and their craving reaction didn't fire. Interesting all through that you know, repetition and exposure. So a great tip for people listening is, if you want to learn to crave a healthier food, only eat it when you're hungry. Because what we eat when we're hungriest has the most power to retrain our brain you know, with that neuroplasticity. Because we're most open to learning about this food when we're most in need of food. It makes sense, right? Yeah. So, so if you're out and you're starving and you go to the vending machine and you get a Snickers bar, you're training yourself that only Snickers bar satisfies hangry. But if you've been carrying a low sugar protein bar with you and you're hungry at that moment and you have your low sugar protein bar and a bottle of water, then you're training your brain that that's the solution to hunger. And it is a learned thing. It's not just, you know, like positive intelligence. Intellectually, you can understand that, but you have to train yourself to do it. You have yes. to develop the habits. And that's the key to your success, it sounds like to me. Yes, it's not just book learning. I mean, you there's the book learning involved. There's like yeah. knowing what to do, but then there's the doing it. Yeah, it's and, retention. And, if you develop those habits, then you retain it. Yes, and that's where, like you say, positive intelligence helps so well because we're building the habit of repeating things daily when we do our PQ exercises and the coach challenges. So we're even building the habit of building habits. And we're also more able to just accept these changes and embrace these changes and see them for the gifts that they are rather than think that they're suffering. You know, think that this is a terrible thing because you're taking away my fill in the blank favorite food. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, let's let's uh, play a little game here for a second. And it's not a trick question or anything, but you and I are 
in downtown Philadelphia or Chicago and we go into this big building and we both get on the elevator together. And um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that you are, are doing uh, work with iDiet and, and positive intelligence and there's a connection. And we press the up button, we're both going to the 35th floor, so we have about 30 seconds. How would you briefly describe it? And this is not a trick question, and I think it's an easy slam dunk for you. So how would you draw the connection? Well, you know, like we mentioned, they're both really helpful programs that take complex science and research and radically simplify them down to the basics so that they become eminently doable and they support your health and your happiness. They help you with positive change. Um, it's all, all good things right? um, and they're easy to do. Um, you know, the trick is embracing is, you know, I, I did a study once, I did a little study based on the mailing list at iDiet and people who signed up for the program and found that people would join the mailing list and then the average length of time that they spent before they actually signed up for a program was one year. And the bell curve around that was between six months and 18 months because it takes a lot to commit to a weight loss program. You know, you, you, most people do it when they feel that they've hit some sort of rock bottom. You know, it's not done with joy and um, excitement and anticipation. It's done because you know, I'm putting words in people's mouths, but often what, I, what I'm told is, you know, I got a bad lab report. My doctor warned me, you know, I ran out of holes on my belt. I had to buy new clothes. Um, people, around, people around me are getting sick. I see what's happening to my parents. You know, I, I lived that too. Like I took care of my parents as they died. I see what weight does to people. Um, I've, I'm involved with a lot of doctors doing a lot of different things and I, I see what goes on, right? And um, so the, ch the choice to begin a weight loss program is often not a joyful one. Um, and positive intelligence can bring so much joy and richness and appreciation and sanity to something that would otherwise feel pretty onerous and difficult. Wow, it seems to, seems to me like they fit hand in glove. Here's another question for you, and I've, I'm, tempted to do this myself, but I just wanted to check to see if this is part of the program. It seems to me like whenever I go into one of these big box supermarket uh, places and so forth, maybe I ought to, before jumping out of my car, do a few PQ exercises. <laughs> or yes. before I sit down to a meal, do a few PQ exercises. Do you have any, any special exercises other than what we learned in, in positive intelligence uh, to do when you're facing the challenge of a big plate of food in front of you. That's, that's, that's great. That's a very helpful question. So never go shopping hungry and never go shopping angry, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> because you don't know what's gonna fall into that cart. So um, I would keep safe food with me and make sure that I could have a snack before I went grocery shopping. So I'm not starving hungry and giving into all my cravings. And, um, you know, as we are often taught in coaching, um, begin with the end in mind. So keep your goals in mind. Get, you know, be pulled forward with a beautiful vision of what your wonderful future is going to be. And don't push your, don't let your saboteurs push you forward with whips and chains and berating you all the way because you hate yourself so much. 
So um, I would, especially as I was beginning a program and relearning how to shop and what to shop for, I would do my PQ reps while envisioning my better future, how I'm going to look, what I'm going to be doing, what I'll be able to do on vacation, the relationship changes that may occur, the just the new opportunities that might open themselves up to me. You know, remember that good future that you're working towards. And then um, it's, it's a lot easier when you know what your positive reasons are. It's really applying, it's really applying positive intelligence to the whole outlook. You're, if you are morbidly obese or overweight and you want to lose and become healthier, what you're basically doing is looking for the gift in that negative situation. And the gift in it is you have ways to do this and ways to, ways to develop new habits and reach that goal that you want to, want to reach. No, the, um, I'm going to get emotional talking about this because good, good. <laughs> I just, the joy in people who, uh, who come through the program and talk to me about their results. It's extraordinary. Yeah. It's really extraordinary. And it's a gift uh, for you. It's a gift for you. It's not just numbers on the scale. It's their self-efficacy. It's how they feel about themselves, right? Yeah. This is, it's, when, especially when we combine positive intelligence with a really good program to achieve these goals, you're, it's about um, changing your life to change your weight, not about changing your weight to change your life. Yeah. And that's, that's what people who go through the combined program are seeing is they, they thought that that was the only way they could escape the, the dire fu future, the dire fate that they were facing. And instead they realized what a gift it was to be able to find this program that pulled all the levers and helped them in all, all the ways that um, brought them to this extraordinary level of, of positive change. That's um, beautiful. To That's achieve things that they never thought they could do. That's beautiful, Lee. That's beautiful. And now, when we when we opened up this uh, episode, we you talked about being a program designer. Uh, it seems to me like with your passion about positive intelligence and your passion about the I diet weight loss program, that integrating positive intelligence into I diet might have been a challenge, but a lot of fun. Oh boy, it was. It really was because both of them are fully baked programs. You know, how do you combine two fully baked programs together? And this is, this is another, you know, as, as we say in positive intelligence, this was another learning opportunity because I thought, well, I went from feeling this is impossible to finding a way. And what I learned in the process was um, I diet, foundational programs run for 12, it's a 12 week program. You meet once a week, you're given menus and foods and recipes and all sorts of things, but you meet once a week and that's the expectation is that it runs 12 weeks. And the, um, the basic uh, initial training with positive intelligence is also is seven weekends, six weeks. And it's, they're full, right? It's a, it's a full program. How do you shoehorn in more? 
Same thing with iodide. It's a full program. People don't want to commit to multiple classes each week. Yeah. You know, if I'm, if I'm saying, I'm going to, I'm offering you a 12 week class, Charlie, and you're going to meet three times a week for this thing. You know, like I forget it, Lee, I can't fit that into my life. Right. But the only way to do it really was to run them concurrently. So I, used my background in marketing and we called it I Diet Intensive. And we said, it is going to be a big effort. You will be meeting twice a week. We'll be spending half the time talking about I Diet, half the time talking about positive intelligence. We'll tie everything together. You'll be doing all the I Diet things. You'll be doing all the positive intelligence things. It's two great programs that are even greater together. And I didn't know what would happen because it's, it seemed like to me like a lot. And what I've discovered was the first cohort that went through the program oversold. It sold out really quickly. And I had to let extra people in because they were banging on the door. But the reason was they felt like they were so broken that they needed the most extra powered, super duper over the top thing to fix them. That's what they told me privately. Wow. And in the program, what they realized was they're not broken at all. Yeah. Yeah. Marvelous. That's beautiful, Lee. And I, you know, with the passion that you have shown and, and you know, you get emotional about it, which is really good. That just evidence of how you feel about it. You've really found the gifts in these programs mm -hmm. and the gift that give, keeps on giving to other people when they actually succeed, it must just feel, may give you a great feeling of satisfaction. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm, Lee, this has been marvelous and a lot of fun learning about uh, the iDiet program and how you can uh, integrate positive intelligence uh, into such a program with, uh, that has such potential and has shown great results. And I personally want to wish you and the program and Dr. Roberts the greatest success in making this uh, broad, more broadly known and getting it out there. And I really want to thank you for, uh, for joining me, Lee. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This was a great conversation. Really appreciate it. Well, Lee, Lee, get down to one thing. Okay, suppose as a result of this, somebody wants to contact you. How do they do that? Let's get practical for a second about how to contact you. <laughs> so it's pretty easy. Theidiet.com is the website for the iDiet. You have to put the v in the front of it. You have to put the in front of it. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else scooped up the other one. Yeah. So T-H-E, the letter I, the word diet. And remember, I stands for instinct. Um, Theidiet.com. And there are links to all the social media on that website, but you can learn all about the research and you can get free recipes and you can get a little cookbook and watch webinars and all sorts of things there. It's so lots rich. Of I, I've been on that website and it's just easy to navigate and there's so much information on it. Thank you. And I have a little website for myself. It's just my name, Lee Bush, L-E-E-B-U-S-C-H, because that's how we spell Bush, L-E-E-B-U-S-C-H dot com. Lee Bush, that, that's your coaching website? Yes. Okay, you're coaching LeeBush.com. My website, if anybody want to contact, contact me, is CharlieJetCoaching.com. And of course, you can always redo a lot of our podcasts and so forth right here on, 
on podcastpq.com. I want to thank all of you for joining us uh, today with this marvelous conversation uh, with Lee Bush. And we'll see you soon in our next podcast episode when we'll begin to discuss practical applications, other practical applications of positive intelligence in different areas of interest, some of which include Kathleen Fanning will be talking about women in leadership and higher education. Uh, Wendy McManus uh, will be talking about team coaching. And my old favorite uh, buddy, Debbie McCullough, and I will be talking about communications and positive intelligence. So thank you again all for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you.